Hello and welcome to episode three, Ray Brothers Podcast. I'm Logan and I'm here with Andrew. Hello, how's it going guys? So we're just going to uh, get into a little bit of recap on episode one. Talk a little bit about the nightmare that kicked this thing off. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so bad. Let's start with the location. I mean, where better to encapsulate crystal clear distraction for auto than a Chinese restaurant? Oh, no doubt. Like a small town Chinese restaurant? Right. That's where you want to do it. And to top that off, to record that on an iPhone. Yeah, I can't believe that still happened. Like, that actually blew my mind. Um, but yeah, I want to start with like uh, thanking everybody who like listened and went through the the suffering that was that podcast not all hope was lost yeah no exactly uh, yeah <laughs> setup's a little better now yeah so now we're rocking some focus right gear some condenser mics hopefully bringing you a better experience my personal favorite part of the episode one audio was chewing of the food oh like the the noodle slurping and the the glasses bling oh no mine was the the crunching on the, oh, spring the spring rolls. See, that's the thing is this whole world is full of, I want more. And all we really promised was a D&D podcast. We brought ASMR to it in a way that was unique and undesirable. Oh, it's, it's exactly what you wanted. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> so good that someone had to order spring rolls twice. Like, it's not good enough just to do it once. We got to double down. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on not giving. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, there was a lady that came in at one point. We obviously cut her out, which I sometimes regret now. But she was something like, oh, it's okay. My kid's been out in the car for an hour, but I left the heat on. Like, I feel like I might be incriminated for withholding evidence from social services at this point. That was a bad one. Yeah. That was that whole situation was very, uh... oh, it was rough. It was good. I feel like it was very authentic, though. Listen, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Dude, it was a it was a good start. <laughs> um, I guess we can recap. So as I mentioned, Andrew's our DM for our campaign we're running right now. We had a few different things happen. We were talking about uh, an encounter with what was his name again? Uh, Lazarus, I believe is what I call Lazarus. him. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> oh, I just pulled that right out of the D and D manual. Phaserus, Lazarus. Yeah, seriously. Taserus. <laughs> Taserface should be his name. <laughs> Taserface. Uh, maybe. Maybe the next one. <laughs> Taserface. Yeah, we had um, my wizard insta-bowing like a good little dog. I mean, that's somewhat foreshadowing. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just playing it how we play it, but somewhat foreshadowing to servitude towards these dark lords or dark beings. Yeah, like it definitely it definitely plays into the story, like the narrative, very well. And like, just for full disclosure, outside of what we do here, Andrew doesn't tell me what goes on inside his DM head because it's more fun for me to find out like everyone else. He likes to subjugate me like everyone else. Indeed, <laughs> yes, subjugation is a big part of my DM plan. But uh, <clears throat> I do like to play what would my character do. It's not necessarily like what would I as the person do, which I believe is like a mild form of metagaming, but like what would my wizard do based on what he knows he feels his motivations are. And I definitely think his ultimate goal is to become the most powerful wizard ever, whether that's good, bad, or something totally in between. Um, what about the paladin though? Very typical archetype paladin. Oh dude, he fit the role so perfectly. Too stubborn for his own good. Like it, it it's like he, he did it so well. Like the fact that he kept uh, like fighting it, no matter no matter what happened. Like it, it, even if the sword sword got heavier, um, he he wasn't giving an inch. 
which uh, I think is, is very paladin-y. Yeah. So. Like, I just, the part where he's, like, talking to the guy, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's all very good. Yes, yes, yes. He's still, like, struggling <laughs> with a tense, vein-popping arm, trying to smash him with this sword that's totally being held down. <laughs> like, yeah. He was totally going to bite his ankles. Like, even if he couldn't get that sword out, he was going to do something. <laughs> yeah. He would kick at him. Exactly. It's like the knight off of uh, Monty Python. Oh, it's right. It's a flesh wound. So that was, that was really good. Um, so that might be like some insight into further action. Like, even with explanation, cause, opportunity, you're probably going to see a paladin remain a paladin. Remain whatever they're true to. Unless he becomes an oathbreaker. Which only time will tell. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very possible. Like I said, there is, there's mechanics for that. So uh, I definitely like, like giving people a lot of like choices and leeway with how they're gonna flesh out their character if they're gonna, you know, pull like an Arthas from World of Warcraft and go full on Paladin to then, yeah, exactly. super evil dude. Well, and yeah, it's the guy who plays him is stubborn. Paladins are stubborn. It might be a stubborn thing, but it also might be a bit of a, a character development where he's like. It's not worth the fight anymore. And maybe maybe the the demons in this case will make it not worth the fight. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely like interested in seeing where where this is gonna go. How how dirty McGurdy. Dirty McGurdy. What <laughs> a name. It out. Your father hate uh, you. <laughs> yeah, like some some bad things happened. I don't know. Like I tried to stick up from like his father was a holy man. You shut your mouth. He's like my father was a common man. Nothing from no one. I'm yeah, like, oh, okay. Like, okay. That's the last time I stick up for you. I don't know how that happened. Um, the bard trying to talk and barter his way out. That was perfect. I think oh. I think Ethan encapsulated that perfect because that's exactly yeah. what a bard wouldn't do. 100%. They would either like full on Loki where they're like dagger behind the hand, Thanos style, where it's like trying to, yo, I will serve you, and then try to get you. Oh, totally. Just Either that or just like talk your way out of it. Just Julius Caesar my yeah. ass for sure. Yeah. Why would I try to fight when I can barter my way out of it and maybe yeah. get something? Yeah. So, Even if that's information. No, he did. He they, they both did great, especially for not like playing D&D at all. Oh, yeah. Like and some of this kind of got missed in our first episode, which... I'm a little grateful for now because now we only have one episode with iPhone quality mics. <laughs> so good. Like, sorry. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about that because, like, I don't think a lot of people even know. Like, we did obviously do a recap. You did a very well job saying, like, we were woke up in a, a chamber. We were chained. Jerry the Boneman was just a headless skeleton that made us fall around. We fought some skeletons. Here's the part where we kind of dusted over is the weapons. Because we just said we found them and we were cursed. We didn't say actually how interesting they were or the descriptions. So do you want to talk about the um, the three weapons and describe them and what they can do and not do? Absolutely. Because it's, I mean, they're a big part of the, the story even even right now. Um, yeah, so there was a, a few weapons. Um, I haven't really like solidified a name for them quite yet. But um, uh, Logan, our, our, our wizard here, he got a, uh, a staff. Um made out of like gnarled dark kind of deadish wood um very twisty lots of curves it's a very curvy curvy piece of wood mm. um it's uh it's got a, a unique ability where <laughs> um it'll give him 1d4 health based on uh based on his uh wisdom or intellect to strike i think yeah intelligence modifier so when he makes a melee attack with it it'll be based on his intelligence modifier not his strength modifier where i think normal clubs or 
staves are based on strength or dex. And that was 1d4 lifesteal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 1d4 yeah. lifesteal. So Pretty like, excited to try that. Like a big scythe blade kind of comes out and you, mm. you slurp up the people. And I think we were going to make it like ethereal and green, like kind of. Yeah, I remember you there. talked about like the, yeah, the darkish, grayish, blackish wood. Very like typical sorcerer staff. Nothing at the top. And then when you held it a certain way or activated it, yeah, the big ethereal green blade, like a reaper. Yeah. blade comes out of it talked about there's like six gems on the side of it yeah so there's six slots mm, slots right for for so there's like runes and one of them is filled and you've got like this green glowing sort of like rune stone if you will kind of wedged in there and that leaves you with with five more that you can potentially sock it into this i weapon. have an infinity stone you have an infinity i have the time staff stone. you yeah you exactly <laughs> you've got the soul stone Copyright Marvel. Yeah. Suit, uh, lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then... Talked the, about uh, Ethan's, maybe? Yeah, That's the, a very interesting one. The Bard? Yeah. His... Uh, rapier flute? <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah, it's a rapier flute. Um, so instead of him having to take, like, uh, war casting or, or whatever, or switch to a, uh, a weapon or belt out sweet musical harmonies from his voice box he can swing the the weapon around and i kind of pictured like a uh oh god like a theremin sort of sound to it like that creepy fucking thing they make oh yeah or like horror movies like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a theremin. yeah and uh and then he can <laughs> cast uh cast cast some bard spells and, and stuff like that um yeah i think also his uh his weapon allowed him to uh he, he gets advantage on whatever he casts like a like bardic inspiration or something a bard spell that that affects the entire party right right so uh and i think uh his weapon is also sentient we'll we'll play around with with that as time goes on yeah it's interesting to see where that goes yeah yeah especially to see what type of personality it has or doesn't have or what kind of things it can invoke or not invoke. They'll be exciting to see how that unfolds. Yeah, definitely. He deserves the worst. Oh, sure. I agreed. So he's <laughs> definitely going to, he's going to be put through the ringer. Um, and then the paladin weapon, the big sword. Yeah. Um, so again, all of these have, have rune stones in them. Um, just in case I wasn't clear. So uh, the bard weapon does as well. He gets five, five rune stones. Um, and we're, yeah, the paladin, he gets a, uh, a weapon. Um, it's like a big two handed broadsword um of some nature uh we haven't quite fleshed out the full design of that i guess yeah but big two-handed big runes. broadsword um the uh it, it's rune power each of them kind of come with one rune uh this one um he rolls like a, a percentile a d6 or something right uh yeah because yeah. I, I believe i gave it three powers yeah so one to two was like yeah, one to two was uh, like fire. Yeah, two to four was lightning. I lightning think, and, and five to six was yeah. frost. Yeah, and then the sword would like glow blue, crackle with yellow lightning, or have like yeah red fire on. And it. then he'd be able to to do that uh, as a free action once per combat round, or he'd have to take an action um, to to change it up if he wanted to. So say you got lightning, and the thing's resistant to lightning. Oh crap! Now he's got to he's got to spend at least one turn switching it, and hopefully not get lightning again <laughs> yeah exactly which it, it's kind of fun that it's rng definitely so like some some fun stuff to definitely be incorporated into homebrew and hopefully one day a source book mm. foreshadow <laughs> oh <my. Red> <laughs> so, yeah maybe 
Logan puts the red herring on the barbecue. Yeah. The whole party can smell it cooking. (laughs) (laughs) The whole fish. Um, So then we talked about uh, the bad man. Lazarus? Yeah, foreskin face there. Yeah, foreskin face. As uh, Taser face is more appropriate for our younger age. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) kind (laughs) of. It works. (laughs) Lazarus. So Um, describe Lazarus and how he looks again for us. Um, so he's, I, I believe I said he was like nine feet tall. Like he's a very tall person. Um, and he, he, he like his one half of his face is very like beautiful, very, very pale, very like it, it, he looks almost kind of like serene. Some might say celestial in nature, like very, mm. yeah. And then the, the duality of man. Yeah, literally the, uh, and then the other side of his face is very demonic and messed up and red i assume well i don't assume i, I made him so yeah it's red if you thought red. your girlfriend had split personalities yeah at least one of them isn't a demon yeah a nine foot demon um and he he was a tough cookie he uh, had some good uh, necrotic spells um he wasn't really feeling like answering questions at the time, even though people kept asking him. He, w- he wasn't down with that. We kind of hit him with a little taste of everything we had, yeah. which, barring for level threes, is mockable. And he didn't even get up from his chair, except to make a point to say something. Yeah, he got up once when the bard charged up and uh, paralyzed him where he stood. <laughs> him, I think, is basically what happened to the bard there. So he... You said, yeah, he got up, and then what happened? Uh, he he paralyzed the the bard basically, and then we had a conversation. The paladins wanted to kept swinging and chop up Mister Half Demon Man. Oh right, because I bowed instantly. Yeah, you you bowed. You were like, I submit. The paladins like no, tried to yeah, swing. You yeah. made the demon or whoever what happened. The sword got so heavy he couldn't yeah, swing it. He couldn't swing it anymore, right? And then I remember we all had our curse marks. Yeah. Were similar to his curse mark. Yeah. So the bard, because he got up close, he he actually got to see that the yeah. uh Lazarus um had a curse mark that was exactly the same as what you guys have. Tried to ask him about it, but he was aloof intentionally yeah. to be like, ah, we'll find out later. Exactly, right? He, he's, he's very smug and aloof, which is what you'd expect of someone who elicits a lot of strength, because it's like think of like a an ant trying to plead its case to a human. Yeah, right. You're like, why would I even... You're like, hey, don't smush you. I just want to see how this plays out. Exactly. Right? Literally, literally that sort of mindset. And, yeah. and also, like, we found out that he's kind of, like, being controlled behind the scenes. Like, he's not... Uh, Might not even be the necessarily... hand inside the glove. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? So there's, he's not going to be able to, to to go into great detail about things because um, he's, he's he doesn't... He can't quite uh, say everything. It's not up to him. Exactly. And then uh, after we faced off with him, we made camp there yes. at this broken down place. Well, it was fancy. And then as he sucked into a portal, everything kind of went like to shambled again. Like yeah. his power was eliciting some kind of an illusory effect. Very similar to like, you know, like a, a Wanda Scarlet Witch kind of thing where you think things are fine. They leave and you're like, oh, it's actually kind of terrible here. Yeah, exactly. Or like being drunk and waking up and realizing, yeah. oh. The rich piney scent is no longer there. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't smell like the inside of a, a, a fake Christmas tree. Yeah, no, it's bad. Um, and you guys found a, a golden frog, which I probably should have like gone a little more into detail. Just like, a oh, gold frog! Yeah, so let's talk about that. Because we beat the skeletons and some other things. We found 60 gold, divided three ways, 20 each. Um, grade yeah. 2 math checks out. Perfect. And then we found a golden frog after Lazarus left. Yeah. It was on this chair. It was on his chair, yeah. Yeah. I would say it's kind of like a, like a party gift. Like, good job, you did it, guys. Yeah, he but, was sitting on it. He was 
Yeah. He it was, was in his prison roller. Yeah, he, he was basically Mother Goose again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's a reason he didn't want to get off that chair. So, is there anything outside of character knowledge here? Because, again, we're not a big fans of, like, metagaming. But outside of the knowledge of my wizard, is there anything you're allowed to say about the story and the path you want to take it on or ideas you have that maybe aren't set in stone yet? Oh, man, there's so many things. Like I said, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle with, like, the, the time constraints and work and all sorts of fun definitely. stuff. Um, especially over the holidays, it was a bit, like, tricky. But, yeah, there's definitely, like, a, like a main path that I definitely want, like, people to go down and... Some ideas I have about, uh, you know, choices that the party's going to have to make, like hard choices to, to try and figure out where, where their place is in this world and what they're, what they're going to do about it, mm-hmm. right? Like, are they going to give in to the deep, dark evil? Is there other, other forces at work here that they can explore and figure out and, you know? Well, it sounds of... like the, from what I understand, it sounds like each of the weapons might bestow an interestingly unique challenge to each of the characters specific to them and their needs, be they good or bad. So like bending their wills or eliminating a chance for them to prove themselves. It kind of seems like based on this, like even, even in the Paladin scene where he's like his stubbornness was being put in check Mm -hmm. that can come in later or like the bard, maybe instead of bartering, he takes action next time or the wizard, maybe he, gives in more and wants to just relent to learn and grow or he decides no this is wrong i can't do this definitely like the the weapons are going to play a big deal like these things are these are these are powerful weapons like at level three these things are these things are strong and uh yeah there's definitely going to be be tools for these these weapons and what they demand out of you for sure and everything in life costs something yeah <laughs> so there's going to be be hard choices and stuff like if you're if you're reaping power well i mean there's going to be choices and things you're gonna have to come to terms with that you're gonna have to do to to gain this sort of power mm-hmm. right or if, if if the power is not the ultimate goal and you're willing to live without it and find other means of, of relinquishing the power and maybe getting rid of the curse that way like it's kind of like there's a thousand different ways to to skin a cat so going back to like some of the things that we talked about on Reddit. Again, Reddit is just such an easy way to connect with people and, and see all the opinions unadulterated. Um, always good, never bad. And one of the things I thought was cool was Unruly3 said, I like hearing about the lives of characters, players made for fun, not because it was the strongest build. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I am 100% for that. Like if you're just going to min-max a game and and stuff like that not based on like what's what's the best for like a story right like that's 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 what this is right i mean we're, we're storytelling we're trying to i mean we're having fun and stuff too but if you just want to op and be able to freaking murder everything instantly i mean that that kind of takes a lot of the fun out of a game you know what i mean like you're just playing with a game genie at that point <laughs> well and then in a dm's role too it's like okay if you're gonna min max i'm just gonna flip the script on you oh i'm gonna nerf so now you're gonna have disadvantage on everything because you were good against demons you're gonna do terrible against celestials oh i'm gonna find a way like even with these like op weapons like don't don't think that these creatures are not gonna be able to fight back or 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 mess with you as as we found with lazarus yeah right you were like i've got this big powerful sword mr powder and i mean you couldn't you couldn't do anything then yeah what good did it do right like i think uh the the story is the the main point i think too like and it's harder like obviously you're the most experienced of the group. I'm second most, but Ethan and Kyle coming into this brand new, like props to them, so much respect for them. That's why we love working with and being friends with these guys. They're just very fun, intuitive, off the cuff, kind of like comedians, right? 
But one of the things I, I like about them is they did kind of do a little bit of a background about their characters. And then it makes it easier to get into the perspective of, okay, I know what I think and feel. It's, it's happening autonomously at every moment. What does my wizard want? What does he crave? What does he hate? What does he need? I think Ethan and Kyle are doing great jobs of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they made Dirty McGurdy or Kyle made Serbia. <laughs> That's part of my word now. Treble. Cletus Treble. Yeah. Apparently, my, my world is now filled with war. It's so. war torn, as we discussed. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's very so war torn. That was part of the last episode. That, that made me laugh. They're like, yeah, from Serbia. I'm like, well. That's a place that exists in my world now, which I think is really great. I think definitely like being part of the collaborative part and like introducing things. Um, I, I like not having quite such a like a fixed structure to it. I want everyone to have fun and an enjoyable time. And if, if they want a, a made up Serbia in my yeah in my land, I mean, I, I can roll with that. We can we can make that a thing. Not like we're looking at a grid map that you designed and oh, my family grew in the outskirts of d5 yeah <laughs> like, like, no i want it to be yeah. you know pretty free-flowing everyone to have their part their piece their fun design their characters the way they want you know introduce things if they've got a cool homebrew idea or a, an item idea that they really love and want to try and you know take into the game and have it work i mean that's that's what we're gonna do perfect we had some funny comments that we won't go too much into but uh name unmentioned commented because we're asking people like what you guys want to hear on a D&D podcast, like how do we affect what people are looking to hear, not just what we know people are interested in, but maybe things that haven't been discussed as thoroughly. Oh, definitely. I, I want to hear Somebody wanted to hear an uncut, unrated, anything goes orgy dungeon quest in graphic details. Oh, dude, I can, I can get you with that. <laughs> it's probably a no-go, I said. And he said, can't blame a guy for trying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never can. Never to get dirty. You never can blame a guy for trying. No, exactly. Um, what else do we have here? Alyssa thought this one was good. Yeah, ISL202 said, One great thing I haven't seen that would be a great resource is doing some actual gameplay, then later doing a DM's commentary, where some of the gameplay is run and the DM breaks it in and describes what they were thinking, what they did and why they did it, how surprised, happy, or otherwise they felt about it, or like, well, oh, we'll chalk that up to a learning experience. So basically just DMs talking about the outcome at the table. Oh, yeah. Well, what's fun, I think, is actually we're kind of doing some of that now, actually. Exactly. What yeah. A, like what a quinky dink. Ideas. Yeah. It's strange that that happened. There's um, no way. We ran no. into this prior. Yes. Yeah, weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I appreciate all the comments and stuff like that. That, like, really helps because, uh, yeah, like, I'm pretty, still pretty new to DMing. It's not something that I've done, at least not for, like, a very long time. I mean, when I last played Dungeons and Dragons, it was, like, edition 2.5 i think or three Holy smokes you're old oh ancient yeah i know I'm, I'm old not like me and the rest of the guys that were kind of spoiled but also naive because we've only been a part of this as of 5e so we don't have the back in my day we didn't have to xyz yes, you thought you, but we'd have cool apps there's also cool things that i believe the uh, previous editions they're not useless they're not antiquated there's things they can teach you about the game that otherwise you wouldn't have learned or give you ideas going forward that maybe they aren't a part of the regular manuals anymore as well. Yeah, I think that's where I got a lot of like my freeform stuff. I think like new DMs definitely have like a kind of like go by the book sort of deal, and I'm I'm pretty open with things. Like if someone wants to, I don't know, there aren't too many limits on things. Um, like I said before, you can you can if you can come up with a decent idea, we can we can pretty much roll it into the game somewhere. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, even like some of the some of the things that I've noticed 
like trying not to say uh too much i noticed while listening mm-hmm. back on the other episode i was uh this and ooh this and ooh uh lot, lots of that um, me too just getting better with the the monster manuals and some of the spell stuff so i don't have to worry don't spend too much time searching for things right stuff of that nature and uh, i mean just getting used to, to podcasting and all that stuff is it's, it's all new right brand new but uh seems to be pretty good seems to be working out uh at this dank ass setup. Yeah. Well, and as things get unfolded too, like right now we're kind of in this weird crossover where we're using the D&D Beyond app, which is extremely, extremely helpful. But then we're kind of doing it like half on paper where we're like kind of free drawing stuff, which is good because I think like as much as, you know, people are super visual and having something to see and to interact with like a map that's laminated or like miniatures, real dice to roll, Obviously, for the sake of the podcast, we don't want to hear the chittering, chattering of the dice the whole time. But having something to see, feel, and touch is just part of the human experience. But sometimes all you need is like, like I said in the episode two, here's a scrap paper. Like, our, you're standing here. He's standing here. There's 15 feet in between you. You can't get to him because X, Y, Z. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, be more more descriptive about about things too, right? Like to try and draw those those mental pictures and images. And I mean, it's gonna gonna take a little time for sure. And, Maybe doing it in a Chinese restaurant for the first time. <laughs> maybe maybe not the best, but hey, we got her done. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, definitely. Like, I mean, artwork and, and all this stuff is definitely a big part of it. Like when you can when you can visualize something in your mind and then actually like see it come to life in paper or whatever medium you want, like it, it definitely helps. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel good inside. And you and I are obviously like, fairly creative people you obviously went to art school i've always been creating this that or the other things since i was like you know, 13 14 eventually our goal is something quite visual it would be like a source book or adventure kits or both right? graphic so. novel calendars yeah exactly goblins are us i don't know something. <laughs> goblins are us. now we're feeding into the guy's uh, delusions here yes we will paint your vivid graphic pictures for you mentally yeah don't think we're not listening don't think we don't notice. <laughs> Santa notices. <laughs> we You've been a naughty boy. <laughs> um, you can't hide your fantasies from us. <laughs> coal all around. And there's going to be no holes in them for obvious reasons. Episode two, we weren't lucky enough to have Andrew. Um, basically, we just talked about some you know easy stuff. Campaign ideas that were non-medieval. Breaking away from the standard knights, dragons, damsel in distress, archetype. Um we had a couple of cool ideas. Like eventually I want to run my own campaign after Andrew's runs dry, which it's a wealth of fun knowledge and it'll last for a while. Anyways, I had a kind of interesting one. Like if you had people in a modern time that discovered items that basically as you attach them, so you've got your two sheets or two sides of the coin, you get your normal player, basically like you and I. Yeah. If regular, regular, regular people can be arrested by one guy with a gun yeah, And then all of a sudden, maybe you've got this like, I don't know, this kind of like group of people who are, they're, they're Robin Hood-esque. That they're taken, but only from the people who, who are bad and can be taken from. And you've got this like militaristic kind of like police force that's going around and rounding up all these little hoodlums that are just providing for their families. But lo and behold, this group of people find these items, they put them on, and now all of a sudden you've got this very like power ranger ask as we joke kind of transformation <laughs> yeah. happening where like say it's a piece of jewelry yeah and this used to be an old item actually there used to be a i don't know if it was a belt or a necklace but the it was plate armor someone will correct me on this 
it was plate armor that was stolen in the neck, the necklace, the amulet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember it was like a yeah. yellowy plate armor. Yeah, as, I as, there was a, a belt of some kind, too. Yeah, like maybe. Something like that. But, and that, so, so something like this, where you like, one guy would get like a broadsword and he'd have all the abilities of like a level 15 paladin. Freaking Shazam. Basically, right? My powers, say the name, champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> Take a cane, Shazam. Yeah. Do a spirit stone. I don't know. Exactly. So like that, maybe one guy's a paladin, maybe one guy's like a ranger, another guy's a rogue, or it'd be kind of cool too, because then these players don't know who they're playing until they're playing them, much like their actual characters. Oof. So that part I would enjoy. And in a modern time, so like I said, you've got like tracking canines coming after you. Yeah. You don't even know your powers, how to a- activate AR-15s. them. AR-15s. Exactly. Yeah. Helicopters. But, and again, maybe in this case... For obvious reasons, that one crack shot with an air 15 ends the, the DM campaign in like 15 seconds. Yeah. Be, well, maybe you, you <laughs> right? pull SWAT like, comes in, they're like, don't worry about it, boys. You know, about some <laughs> immune, Jedi sword skills. Yeah, doo, they're immune doo, to projectiles. Doo, 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 doo. But maybe they're not immune to energy weapons or to some kind of like silver or. Canons biting them in the balls or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, that's a hard one to be <laughs> immune to. We really went there. Plate, ar- plate armor doesn't cover everything. Exactly. <laughs> Plate, the plate, the coveralls that don't quite cover all. Yeah, exactly. Did you have any other campaign ideas, either for yours or for other that you were like excited about running or like titillated with the thoughts of X Y Z? Um. Well, I definitely like 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 the darker side. I, I, I'm not too fond of like, ah, oh, we're all heroes. We're gonna freaking travel through the land and be all good and shit. Like, no, no, screw that. So you're more about the anti-hero. Yeah, I want people to have like Villains. hard moral choices, like why they're doing, like like real life. Yeah, right. Like it's gonna be dark and dingy, and there's gonna be highs and lows, and you're gonna feel bad sometimes about what your what your character did, even even if that's what he would do. Well, it makes your characters feel like believable because free will only exists in a realm where there is good and bad, and when there isn't bad, there it's hard for there to be good. Yeah. So you got a guy that's like. I was born and raised in a monastery. I always wanted to be a paladin. All I'm ever going to be is a paladin. Right? Like, like, I don't yeah, know why I hear yeah, Texan that... crappy accent, but... like why heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Like... I mean, also the <laughs> southern <laughs> paladin. <laughs> and I whip out my banjo worldwide. Yeah, I know exactly. But, like, it's true, though. It's You feel like it's you're being told the story mm. versus you're telling the story. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't do that. You're lawful good. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I see someone checked lawful good and can't make that roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you That's just... And that we'll get into that later. I think in one of our mini episodes, we'll probably have DM tips and how to do things well and things that sometimes DMs don't do so well that can kind of turn people off from D&D. Because full disclosure, I used to think D&D was for a very specific type of male that didn't enjoy being with <laughs> <laughs> being with partners. But now, obviously, I love D&D and it's fun and it's exciting and it's probably been a, the centerfold for a lot of the comedy and enjoyment of my pastime. I've literally taken this over playing real video games. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely like the, the, the creative, it, it really gets your creative juices flowing i don't know right. yeah maybe, yeah as he sips on another beer yeah we'll we'll go with creative stella, juice stella if you're listening stella but yeah i had a dm who was extremely kind and he represented dnd well and as a dm whether you believe it or not you're you're representing it you're selling it to somebody even if it's not a podcast audience it's a person 
and that person's going to sell it to other people. Oh. And it's not like there's a product to be bought, but there's a culture to be formed. Uh, Yeah. And this guy, James, I'm sure we'll have him on the show one time. We will. He brought me in. He told me, just watch. It's fun. He gave me a character. He gave me a role. And then you realize how fun it is to create and to co-create and to be created for you. And it's oh, yeah, that's very a, nurturing. That's half the fun, right? It's, you're teaching, right? It's a mentorship role. I, I let our paladin be called Dirty McGurdy and invent Serbia. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that'll never... He's mildly oh. triggered. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Serbia. <laughs> McGurdy. Like, you're like <laughs> Dennis the Menace's neighbor. McGurdy. Like you could have come up with it, you could have made any fantasy yeah. name, but no, no. All right, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It's good. We'll we'll make it work. One thing we were talking about doing too is like, eventually when this gets big enough, like having people from Reddit or like YouTube or Instagram or whatever come on and make like a one shot character as a part of our existing campaign, but like very South Park style. We always find it interesting, <laughs> but like just. Re- Totally stupid way to kill them off. Yeah, like Kenny every episode. Like somebody Dies, uses the wrong spell back. and a rock falls off a hillside and just oh. smushes them at the like. <laughs> like oh, oh. I love that. Uh, yeah, that would be good. I, I, I mean, it, it, it's always good to like uh, have, have. You killed more... Sir Cunnington the <laughs> Third. How bastard! <laughs> exactly. Uh, just die in hilarious ways, and then <laughs> come back in a couple of episodes again. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's all good. We're going to go into a little bit of item review. We're going to talk about some funny items. It's not necessarily the best. And there's actually one we're going to talk about, too, that's made up. It's a little Andrew homebrew that we made up in kind of like a a joke session. In 30 seconds. 29.9. Yeah, probably. So the first one we kind of teetered with here was the bag of devouring. So I'll read the description and we'll talk about it. While the most menacing magic item of all is undoubtedly the legendary deck of many things, the Bag of Devouring comes in at a close second. Like the deck, the Bag of Devouring is very capable of killing an unsuspecting party. It takes the shape of a Bag of Holding, hiding its malicious nature like a wolf in sheep's clothing. But, once a player reaches into the bag, there's a 50% chance they are pulled inside. Any creature who starts their turn inside the bag is instantly and entirely devoured. Other players may attempt to pull people inside the bag out, but first, they must avoid being pulled in themselves. And second, they must beat a DC 20 strength check. Yummy adventurers. Wow. Like, that's amazing. It's also kind of sad. It kind of plays on the nature of like your innate desire to help somebody that's... like. Timmy fell in a well oh, and you jump in after him. Definitely. Without thinking and you're like, yeah. no, nah, I'm being eaten by a bag of devouring. Right? You're a freaking wizard with no strength at all. You're like, oh, help no, Timmy. God. Oh, no. Now you it's and so Timmy are stronger dead. than I just, yeah, just slurps you up. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh. Like an old single widower who just, he just never had a chance. Just <laughs> like a bachelor eating ramen noodles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gone. gone. <laughs> you're gone. Do you see... 40 strength check for the noodles. Yeah, like you're destroyed. You're, you're devoured. I love it. I like this. This seems like there could be... Could we we tittled with this one thought that like maybe this campaign that we were running, I'd have a slug on my shoulder, but it wasn't actually a slug. It's just like the shape that it showed itself to yeah. people. But me and it had like a telepathic link. And then you had an idea like we're going to use the bag of devouring or something. Where yeah, it was going to be based off like a bag of holding or a bag of devouring where it would, uh, right? Like it would 50-50 chance. Kind of like both. Yeah, yeah. Right, kind of like both. Like it could, you could pull like an item or something from it that it had like previously 
devoured, yeah. but it'd be based on like a role. And uh, yeah, it would get into all sorts of mischievous hijinks and stuff like that. Like, you know, the neighbor's dog would go missing or, you know, this one farmhand is gone. The one tavern made just got slurped up. Yeah, just yeah. gone. Just right. But then sometimes I'd like roll you'd have me roll like a yeah. random thing and, and if i like nat 20 did he'd just swallow a tarasco exactly right <laughs> yeah. or you could pull out like oh i needed a health potion oh sick i rolled the thing or if you oh, roll badly maybe, why maybe, would you do this right, you pull the barmaid now and like you're not useful now <laughs> starts hitting you yeah <laughs> no get it off <laughs> you put her back inside the slug. even worse still the slug doesn't really want to eat her. <laughs> it just doesn't eat her <laughs> Uh, it's like you try the here comes the airplane <laughs> yeah, in the middle of this battle uh, <laughs> just oh, eat no. it why don't you eat it you stupid slug <laughs> just eat it I think it would have been a funny mechanic maybe it'll have to make an appearance uh, uh, yeah it, it's always possible uh, what else the wand have? of smiles oh yeah this one I thought was super funny the charge stowed in this wand can be used to force a character and make a charisma saving throw on failed save they forcibly smile for the next minute. Yeah, this one took me a hot minute because I was like, how are you going to use this like... And why would you? In game, right? Like, what, are you going to be like, oh, that bard maiden looks sad today. Let me cheer her up. Bajam! Which is kind of like the ultimate Chad thing. Like, you should smile more, baby. Uh, yeah, Girl, literally. Girl, as pretty as you, you should smile. Stew! <laughs> Charisma check. But it could be fun. Like, I made the joke of like... Uh, the very jokerish, like, arcane structure. Like, let's put a smile on that face. Oh. Or like, we had the idea of... Um, like the bailer. Yeah. Like you use it in a fight because the bar, someone's just trying to be funny. And like now the bailer is smiling and you said. Just for the memes. His like stomach. Oh yeah. His stomach mouth is smiling. Devouring like, one of your oh, party members. You're eating your horrible. clerk and both mouths are smiling. Yeah. I, I like the idea that uh, it was used like a, like a part of a bet. Like I could see that. Like if I could make you smile. Oh, yeah. Like tell you what. You seem like you're a little upset with us. So you let us stay if I can make you smile. And. All of our drinks are free. Uh, like, yeah. Absolutely. You'll never make me smile. Right. Yeah. You'll never be able to do that. Yeah. 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 Sick. Yeah. I'm, I'm a smiley guy. I love that for you. Smile. Yeah. I'd love to smile. Yeah. I'd love to see you do that. <laughs> Boy, make me smile. Let's see it. Another red herring gets placed in the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you look, look forward to that guy. Oh, yeah. He'll be a fun tavern owner. Tavern shop. <laughs> guy who owns the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like an old country western movie. I can't remember the name of it. But it was like... Um, Oh, the quick and the dead, where the mayor like owns the whole town. Yeah, like something like that. But does right? he work at every shop? Yeah, like no matter for some reason, no matter what, you could go to this shop at three p.m. Yeah, and like have drinks there. And then you go to the hotel, and somehow yeah, he's there. It's that guy. But you go back to the tavern, yeah. and he's there again. He's like, oh yeah, it's always this guy, no matter where you go. Or, or maybe he's just like a bunch of him, like and they're working like a hive mind. That's what I was thinking too. Like he's just like <laughs> lots of like, they're all twins and they yeah. all have the same hairs. Toplets, but they have a hive mind somehow. <laughs> That'd be perfect. We've got that twin magic. Then we're going to talk about... Oh, yeah, the um, item that you came up with. The cloak of backlighting. Oh, the cloak of backlighting? talk about that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, there was a... Man, I can't even remember. It was, it was like an old video or something like that. And it was... <laughs> It just made me laugh. It was like, only in the middle of night can a person be backlit in a Japanese anime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 
That's its only effect. You try to use it for like intimidation or charisma bonus. Yeah, like, like right, like you get a bonus because you're you're, you're backlit. You like, look badass. That's what heroes do. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> the backlighting effect. Everyone's like, really, bro. Right, like you're like you. you it's not wind. You're standing inside of a building, and your cape has just got that epic wind going. Yeah, with except your hands backlit. On your, hands on your hips. Right. It's in the middle of the night, and you're backlit. You're just like, whoa. All the terrible creatures within a a ten mile radius come and attack you. It's going to get you to do a perception check, another perception check, another perception check. <laughs> yeah, What's going on? You're very visible. Maybe next time you won't backlight yourself. But yeah, no, I think you'd get bonuses to like charisma or intimidation or... People think well, you have a glow checks. about you. If you do it in the daytime, there's just something about him. It's I, like yeah. he was glowing. Like, dude, you're backlit. You look badass. But do you think people would know what backlighting was in medieval times? Again, we're talking about like archetype medieval european knights in shining armor i think you just know badassery though yeah that's true like if you saw a knight just normally like walking around wherever you'd be like oh that's pretty regular but if you saw a knight with this cape blowing and, and backlit in the middle of the night you'd be him, like "Ooh, you would even say he glows yeah <laughs> I, I yeah I, who doesn't want to be backlit at all times right or have like a subtle wind blowing through your cape <laughs> yeah exactly what do you got there? Uh, so I was looking at the uh, the immovable rod. Mm. Um, super fun item. Um, this flat iron rod has a button on one end. You can use an action to press the button, which causes the rod to become magically fixed in place until <laughs> or another creature uses an action to push the button again. The rod doesn't move. Even if it's defying gravity, the rod can hold up to 8,000 pounds of weight. Um, more weight causes the rod to deactivate and fall. A creature can use an action to make a DC 30 strength check, moving the fixed rod up to 10 feet on success. That's fun. A lot of limitless options there. What I picture like very Thor type thing where you put the rod on somebody and you press the button, but you just stay there for a second and then they can't get up. Like you can't lift Mjolnir off you. Well, it's 8,000 8, pounds. I mean, I guess, yeah, you probably could, right? Like, like it's immovable, right? Yeah, like unless something stuck. is extremely strong. Although, would it, like, stop them from moving, or would it just crush them? Like, if I put 8,000 pounds on pretty much anything, I, especially on such a small point, Let's, it would so just here's the, smush it. As a DM. It would just push right through it. How do you think you'd factor that in? So, like, say we're fighting something that's quite big, like a Tarrasque. And I'm able to levitate above it and put a, a removable rod on it. Well, I, I, does it take fall damage of some kind, or like? I feel like so it would still like if if it were me. It, as we saw, there's a DC thirty strength check to move it up to ten feet, right? Oh yeah. So I would roll the dress like strength, and if it beat the DC thirty check, it would probably move it. Yeah, that's true. What was that? We were looking at something here that just said. Um, Objects weighing 200 pounds or more, the object deals 1d6 point damage if it falls at least 10 feet. Yeah. So theoretically... Oh no, it would it, like it would one-shot most things. If he, if he failed that throw, although I might give him like a dexterity saving throw too, right? Depending on how aware oh, he is like too. Oh, if he jumps right? out of the way or... Yeah, he, right? He might even not try to contest the so, strength. He might just try to get the heck out of there. So speaking of a movable rod, I was also looking this up. And we're, I'm not going to name the site, but a guy named Neveroth, posted a question asking, more or less, how does he prevent a party member from abusing the uh, immovable rod? He's using it to, like, kill monsters and just do, like, obscene things. That it's yeah. Like, I mean, as a DM, that's that's where you got to kind of step in. And you've got to be the gatekeeper for your, your campaign. But maybe it snaps or maybe it just 
teleports away. But this this is hilarious. So one of the suggestions was have the cult of a movable rod show up and berate him for abusing the rod's use and demand that he turn it over to them. If he objects, they all attack him with the movable rods, restrain <laughs> the party, and knock them out. When the players wake up, the cultists are gone, and they've taken the rod with them. No trace of them will ever be found. <laughs> like... Well, the cult is just, well, yeah, right. This That's is why I love the, the internet, like, right? Like you could, you could have the most broken ideas you want. <laughs> At the end of the day, the story wins. <laughs> if I want to like flying. A removable rod eating dragon to show up and slurp it out of your backpack. That's what's gonna happen. Like I just picture like something so broken, like a magic carpet, but you also have an immovable rod on it. Yeah. So you just meta game the hell out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> just every DM's worst nightmare. Oh, I, I feel like it could definitely be that bad at some points. I feel like one of these podcasts we should do is problems, and we're gonna. I think this would be funny. Is just literally we'll we'll make a big category. We'll find problems that DMs ran into and all the funny or creative troubleshooting answers people gave them on like Reddit and other like Google searches and stuff. Oh, definitely. Speaking of items and speaking of Reddit, Andrew had a great idea. We were talking about like, we should just go through people's items. If you want to submit items to us for homebrew, you were saying, right? Yeah. No, I'd love to take a look and like review and see like what sort of ideas they'd be good for or where they may be too broken or where DMs would have to... Really yeah. scratch their heads and be like, maybe summon cultists to take away their <laughs> items. I don't know. Exactly. Oh, exactly. So if you've got some ideas on like homebrew items or things you want to send to us, we'd love to talk it over. That's one of my favorite things. I think people get so worked up about what's source book and what's not. Yeah. But almost everything wasn't source book until it became a source book. Dude, literally. It's like, kind of like science. It's it's imagination. Half of science fiction. Just use the imagination. Becomes science. Just use your imagination. Maybe guys. not exactly fifty percent. Don't show me in. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. There might be some, some NASA person listening. Be this. deliberate. Be ruthless. Logan is not sourcing his. Hit it. <laughs> Please hit me harder. So yeah, let's let's get into some monsters. I think we've we've got a few items. Let's let's get into the monsters. The I, juicy monsters. I agree. The first one. Excuse my mouse clicking. Okay, so these are randomly picked. The Fomorian? Yeah. Holy smokes. I mean, I thought it, first off, I'm going to be honest. I thought it said the Moist Hideous. (laughs) (laughs) This is from the Monster Manual. The most hideous and wicked of all the giant kind are the godless Fomorians. Oh, These deformed bodies reflect their vile demeanors. Some have facial hair features... Randomly distributed among their misshapen, warty heads. Wow. Sheesh. So their neck beards. Well, it's gotta... basically the director of Game of Thrones. Oh my god. <laughs> going after George R. 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 <laughs> Just kidding. Brutal. Uh, much respect. Sheesh. For that man and his neck beard. That's disgusting. The, the, there's going to be comments about that for sure. <laughs> Others have limbs of grossly different sizes and shapes. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah, okay, so he's neckbeard Quasimodo, who's also a giant. If you okay, remember the movie 300? Yeah. The guy that they wouldn't let join? Yeah. That's what this is with darker red skin. Oh, yeah. Well, and giant. Like, how tall is he? How big? Let's go into... I'm not going to go into all his stuff. No, I just want to know how, <coughs> how large he is. So he's a huge, giant, chaotic evil. So he's huge. So he's not going to church with you on Sunday? No. Probably not. Um, armor class 14, natty armor, hit points. Again, I don't like to average 
13 d12 plus no, 65 right? i roll all this crap totally because sometimes you get yeah. absolutely destroyed and sometimes yeah. it's weak 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 yeah or i'll just make the shit up and you'll have to deal with it ruthless speed 30 <laughs> strength 23 plus 6 dex 10 0 con 20 plus 5 Int 9 minus 1, Wisdom 14 plus 2, Christmas 6 minus 2. Charisma minus yeah, 2. Like, like, so, okay, again, we're not inviting him to a public speaking event. No. But smart and good con. Yeah. Kind of hard well, to smush these things with the shoe. No, he's big. He's got some strength too, right? He chonker. He chonker. <laughs> Skills, perception moto, plus Moto, moto. Stealth plus 3. What? How does he have a stealth plus a 3? Giant, you're like, I picture Jurassic Park. Like your like glasses, like boom. Yeah. Boom. Like how's a T Rex sneak up on you? And you're just like like you got us good. The Florian's yeah. like, dude, you guys totally didn't see me coming. It's due to my slippers. Yeah. They're very soft. They yeah. got the memory foam lining. Buy now for three easy payments of forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, like there's no way this thing's <laughs> sneaking up on you. See, and this is where like some DM stuff, like you see that, you're just like, How? Like I wonder what they Although, thought. Although I mean there aren't like elephant like elephants are apparently pretty sneaky and they're big. No, they're not. Are they? They are. They're super sneaky. Why does that actually give me, like, the shivers? Because a super sneaky 10-ton elephant? I don't know if they're 10 tons. Well, like, know. imagine you're going through the trees now. Yeah. And you look over and you, you like... You're, I'm like a gazelle, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm hunched over. I'm on all fours. You're a gazelle. I'm sipping the water. Just... I put my face down. Just watch. I'm going to paint a picture. I'm sipping the water. <laughs> just I'm like, watch. And then I hear something. Sorry. My head comes up. Yeah. Left, left, right. To the right. Left, right. And I thought I saw the trees move, but then I put my head down to drink. And this elephant with, like, camouflage paint on its truck. Yeah, just yeets you into the water. No, they're apparently super sneaky. What? They're sneaky. They're sneaky. So, I mean... Yeah, I it's not like I'm going to believe it when you say it more. They're sneaky. Like, oh, okay. Let me just pull up my certificate of I know everything about elephants. You should listen. Like, you're right. You said it five times, so it must be true. <laughs> okay. go, go read a documentary. Read, watch, whatever. Read an effing book for once. Yeah, Jesus fuck. Read a book. Okay, it says, senses, dark vision, 120 feet, passive perception of 18. I was a take it back. These things are sneaky. They're sneaky. They're sneaky. Languages, giant and undercommon. Challenge 8 rating. Again, we talked about challenge rating in episode 2 yeah. and what that means. And it always says stuff like, 3,900 XP for killing one of these things. I always say, as per DM's discretion. Yeah. Because you might get nothing. Yeah. You well, might get an instant level. And I'm not going to be able to tell you like what your like DM or your DM, what your yeah. XP thresholds are going to be. like. For Imagine me, going to the gym and you're like, how close yeah. am I to be able to lift right? the next weight? Yeah, you right. Don't like, just lift weights. Yeah. Dummy. Like, I have an idea of like so many encounters or what you fight, like how it's going to progress your level, right? Like, again, we're getting to the, like the. Like metagame versus storytelling type. Yeah, aspect, exactly. Right? Like you're going to be as strong as I want you to be when I want you to be that strong. Do you want to read through his actions? Actions. Oh, multi-attack. So he gets attacked twice with a great club. And use evil eye once. Ooh, the evil eye. What does evil eye do? I have no idea. But I'll find out right now. <laughs> <laughs> the four main magical forces... A creature it can see within 60 feet of it make a DC 16 charisma saving throw. The creature takes 20, sorry, 6d8 psychic damage on a failed save and half as much on a save. So he, he gives you the stink eye and you take damage. Oof. He, yeah. What else this guy got? Uh, I'm not sold yet. Uh, well, he's got the Great Club, which again, 
reach of 15 feet. 15 feet, man. That, he's basically slapping you with well, like an oak tree. It doesn't say mediocre club. It says great club. Yeah, like, okay. But if I were to give, like, say say our pal was like, I want to wield a great club. It's 15 feet. There's no way you could wield a 15-foot weapon. Plus 9 to hit. 15 foot, one target. Uh, 3d8 plus 6 for bludgeoning damage. All right. Also, looks like he's got... Oh, Curse of the Evil Eye. Oh, recharge after a short or long rest. Uh, with a stare, the Fomorian uses evil eye, but on a failed save, the creature is also cursed with a magical deformalities. While deformed, the creature has speed halved, has disadvantage on ability checks, saving throws, and attacks based on strength or dexterity. The transformed creature cannot repeat the saving throw whenever it finishes a long rest, ending the effect on a success. Oh, can repeat the saving throw. There we go. Um, so yeah, apparently you can also just deform you he too can make you as ugly as he he'll give you a neck beard and you'll be screwed no more wow. ability checks and then i will completely ruin an entire novel series no just kidding <laughs> for those listening these are all jokes i really liked game of thrones it's pretty solid yeah i mean fedoras are totally totally Oof. in stock totally in trend not in stock i don't sell them don't be confused by those two things yeah and then now we're looking at the lich it looks like here so the it looks like the manual actually doesn't give much in the way of a description which i i kind of like the narrative but like what's like you know a lot about these things like tell me a little bit about the like lich life yeah <laughs> lich life <laughs> um so how i kind of like picture liches is they're um they're like wizards or sorcerers or general magic beings very strong magic creatures um and they've kind of fused themselves with their magic so they're not like two separate things. Like they're mm. them and their magic are, are, are combined. Yeah. So uh, they they use a phylactery basically, and they can they combine their their self with this phylactery or hold their soul with it. Phylactery. And, that's very fancy. Yeah. Very very uh, Harry Potter Horcrux ish. Ah, there it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they're very they're very hard to kill. They use very high level magic. Um, and uh, yeah, they use their phylactery to basically transcend death and can stuff themselves from body to body unless you destroy the phylactery that they have. They're pretty much unkillable. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's some badass motherfuckers. So it says they're a 18th level spellcaster. Int is spell save DC plus 12. Hit with spell attacks. Just list their cantrips and their spells. We're not going to go into all detail here, but like Mage Hand... Um, Ray of Frost. It's got a couple of the things. Detect magic, magic yeah. missile, the basics. Of course, ninth level, power word kill. Brutal spell. I can't Brutal believe that's spell. a thing. You're under 100 life points, you're dead. Basically. That's it. You just, no save, no nothing. So we're not going to go into like all the particulars of the Lich because although we could, A, it's in the the monster manual, but B, there's just so much here. It's basically... Basically, a wizard fused himself with his magic. Level 18 spellcaster. Just roll a new character sheet. Yeah, and he's undead, and he's got a freaking phylactery, and he's, he's he's a killing machine. And, like, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, the only way to kill these things is to destroy their phylactery, and that's no easy task, right? Yeah, well, you got to figure out where it is, where it is, what, what it, it is, is yeah. and how to destroy it. Right? Like, you can destroy his body, but chances are he's going to keep coming back. It's they're, they're tough cookies to crack. And then coming back, what does that look like? You roll a dice, like it's a D8 or something like that, or... To, for the for them to oh, yeah, grow yeah, your body, there, yeah. There's like a rolling system, and depending on what you roll, is how how many days it takes oh, for yeah. them to to 
find a new host or whatever. That's interesting. Sort of thing. Or, I mean, you could just use your brain. And Rejuvenation. Yeah. I think 1D 10 days. It there you right go. There. Guess I should have read the stat card. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, pull some Deus Ex Machina level crap and pick whatever day you want to come back and fuck shit up again. Now, why I'm not going to go into all the details and I'm being a little bit dramatic by saying just roll a new character sheet. Challenge rating 21. Yeah, challenge tough. rating 21. Yeah, they're tough. So for those who don't understand that, pick a new character. Yeah. like that's <laughs> 33,000 XP for downing one, barring your DM's discretion. Of yeah, course. he's... They're, they're no joke. Like they're, they're end-level characters. They will, they'll, they'll mess a party up. So I think that pretty much concludes today. We talked a little bit about, you know, our reviewed our episode one, kind of like some laughs about the humble beginnings. Not that this is at all a finished product. We're going to continually upgrade our gear, upgrade our places we do it in. There's no soundproofing or sound absorption at all in a hardwood office. Yeah, no. Echo, echo, echo. Right. Right. We still have our day jobs and stuff like that. Exactly. Like it's, it's, Hopefully yeah. one day this will be the full-time gig. Yeah, one can, one can hope. <laughs> I mean, something against what we do. We have pretty incredible work. We won't talk about it in great detail at this time. But at the same time, nothing's easier than sitting down and podcasting. Oh, that's, that's so much more fulfilling. That doesn't take away from what we do like to just, say that, right? Just, just creating. for Like, that's that's the dream. Just bringing the joy that we feel to other people. That's, yeah, it's awesome. Um, talked a bit about the weapons, Lazarus. We went into campaign ideas. We didn't go too heavily into that, but just a couple of campaign ideas, kind of like we did in episode two. And then items, bag devouring, all that stuff was really fun too. Um, like like Andrew did mention, which I thought was great. If you do have items, homebrews, or maybe super niche stuff from like one and two point five or whatever previous editions that people forgot about, yeah. Like, tell us about it. Also, if you find or know the names of things that you know, like. We were talking about where the armor goes inside the jewelry. Yeah. Right. Bring that stuff to us. Yeah, like, like help us out for sure. I'd love to see either like, like an item sheet or just like the name of it so I can Google it. Hit us with some sweet knowledge. We talked about an ugly Fomorian and a lich. It was kind of cool that we randomly got the lich given your campaign and the, the direction with like undead and demons and stuff. And, yeah. And like it's... in a weird way, like it sounds like he has very similar goals to my wizard, at least at this point. Like I'm obviously still a good guy, but... Yeah. If it, all that delineates is between life and death and the ultimate pursuit of knowledge. Hmm. Oh, liches are all about that power, baby. Hmm. That's all they want. That's all I'm going to say is, hmm. Huh. All right, guys, hmm. that concludes uh, this episode. Thanks for listening to us. And uh, yeah, tune in next time. Yeah, seriously. Thanks, guys, for uh, all the love and stuff you've shown us uh, so far. And uh, yeah, we hope to keep doing this on a weekly basis. And uh, yeah, hit us with some of those... Uh, fun items and characters and all that fun stuff you've got in your brains and we'll uh, we'll look at it. Thank you so much guys. See ya.